Are you in need of daily encouragement or want to learn more about First Baptist Belton? Visit our website at fbcbelton.org or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Follow and like today. Thanks for listening to today's message. I want to invite you to open your Bibles to the New Testament book of 2 Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter 3. And we'll begin reading there in just a moment. So two weeks ago, we began this series called Identity. And the aim of this series is to identify and explore the core values that form our identity as a church. And each of these core values are what we unashamedly and uncompromisingly strive to be. So by God's grace, we aim to be a gospel-centered church that knows, serves, and shares Jesus. And we accomplish this mission as we unashamedly and uncompromisingly strive to be each of these core values through prayerful dependence on the Holy Spirit. And so these core values are who we desire to be as a church. Logan began the series two weeks ago by talking about undistracted excellence. Our God is excellent, and we have the privilege and responsibility to display His excellencies in all we say and do. So who we are as a church and what we do as His people should always highlight and magnify the brilliance and glory of our God. Then last week, we focused on sacrificial worship All of life is worship, and so we give ourselves over completely to God. Everything in our life is an act of worship, and we want to be faithful worshipers of God by practicing radical generosity with our time, our resources, interests, our homes, everything that we have and are. Sacrificial worship. This week... As Les has already pointed out, I want to discuss another one of our core values called prioritizing the Bible. Prioritizing the Bible. Logan has had us over the last few weeks read a descriptor of the core values. You'll see on the screen a description of prioritizing the Bible. And I would like us, as we begin our time together, I would love for us to read that together. And so if you will read with me the following description of prioritizing the Bible. The foundation of all we do as a church is informed and shaped by the Bible. It is our only source of truth and is reliable for all of life and ministry. We are a people who are learning to love and treasure God through his word as we experience the transformative power of the Bible in all areas of life. Church, here's the truth. The attacks on the Word of God abound, and they have throughout history, and they will continue. The pressure for churches to disregard the Bible in order to be current or informed or cultured The gurus on human identity and human nature line up to tell us what we should think about ourselves and our identity. The attacks to discredit God's word. 
They will not stop. Nevertheless, these challenges of our day should bring a new level of clarity to our calling and to our commitment to the Word of God. The challenges should drive us back to the Word of God with an increased urgency. These attacks on God's Word should not weaken our faith in God's Word. They should force us as God's people to put our confidence more fully in it. If you'll stand for the reading of God's Word, I want to read 2 Timothy chapter 3 beginning in verse 16. All Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by his appearing and his kingdom, preach the word, be ready in season and out of season, reprove, rebuke, and exhort with complete patience and teaching. For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, but having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions. They will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. This is God's word. You may be seated. If I could summarize this passage in one sentence, here's what I would say. The primacy of God's word is essential for the church's health and growth. The primacy of God's word is essential for the church's growth and health. The apostle Paul writes this letter to Timothy. Timothy's a young pastor. He's a protege of of Paul, his spiritual son, and he would actually carry on the ministry once Paul has left this earth. Here, Paul's facing the end of his life. He's in prison, awaiting his execution. And he writes this letter to Timothy. And all throughout this letter, he's been deliberately moving toward a three-word command, which is in our passage. And it's an important instruction that he gives this young minister. You can see the command in verse 2 of chapter 4. Three words. Preach. The word. Preach the word. This command to preach the word here means to proclaim with unwavering urgency and joy the gospel of Jesus Christ in all of scriptures. This is what he's charging Timothy to do. Timothy, preach the word. And Timothy's task is the central task of every pastor and every minister. It's what you should expect from your next pastor, from your ministry staff. It's the way you should actually evaluate us. You should evaluate us and your next pastor by whether or not we consistently, with urgency and joy, preach the word. This is why prioritizing the Bible as a church is critical. If we as a church, First Baptist Belton, if we're to survive trials, temptations, divisions, oppositions, discouragements, it will be in large part because the Bible is known and treasured among us. 
If we as a church are to be vibrant, healthy, growing, filled with hope for the future, committed to God's mission in the world, it will be because God is regularly and powerfully meeting with us through his word. This is why we devote half of our Sunday services to the preaching of God's word. It's why we want to sing songs that are saturated with biblical truth. It's why we teach the Bible and read the Bible publicly and in small groups and in Sunday school. It's why we encourage you to study and read the Bible privately. This is why we want you to memorize Scripture. It's a very simple truth. We need the Bible. We need it. We must be a Bible-centered church filled with Bible-centered people. But why? Why why emphasize? Why focus on these 66 ancient documents? Why prioritize the Bible as a church? Why is this so critical for us? I want to give you four reasons from our text. The first reason is this. We want to prioritize the Bible because God is present. God is present. In verse 16, you see that Paul wrote, all scripture is breathed out by God. All scripture. God has breathed out his holy word. The spirit of God worked through biblical writers to pin God's word entirely and exactly as he intended. It's from the spirit of God and therefore all of it is Good, binding, and true. All of it. These words are divine. They're divine. And because it's from Him, it means God is present as His Word is read, as His Word is taught, as His Word is studied, as His Word is preached. The words of the Bible are God's words. They're not irrelevant words in a dusty old book, but they're, they're living words. Church, there is not a sense in which God's word ever amounts to a dead letter. The writer of Hebrews chapter four, verse 12, he says it this way. The word is living and active. The word is living and active. It's living. The the living God stands behind it. It's active. It's not just power, but, but power exerted. So as God lives, His Word lives. As God acts, His Word acts. These are words that give life, words that convict and confront, words that encourage and comfort. So when the Bible speaks, God speaks. And when God speaks, God is present. This is how closely God is connected to His Word. An encounter with the Bible is an encounter with God. Listening to the Bible is listening to God. Obeying the Bible is obeying God. And this is why we're committed to prioritizing the Bible, because we want God. 
all of him that we can get. We want to hear from him. We want to delight ourselves in him. We want to submit to him. We want to treasure his promises. We want to grow deeper and deeper in our understanding of his steadfast love for us. We want to see the glory of Jesus and the gospel on the pages of scripture. And then we want to live lives that are worthy of that gospel. This is why we prioritize God's word. So that we may regularly encounter God because he speaks through his word. And when God speaks, God is present. And if that doesn't make you want to dance in a hurricane, I don't know what will. He is present in his word. Reason number two. We prioritize the Bible because eternity is at hand. Eternity is at hand. Look back at chapter four there in verse one. Paul charges Timothy in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus. And here it is. Who is to judge the living and the dead and by his appearing and his kingdom. So Paul makes it clear that the word is to be preached in light of the reality that Jesus is coming back to earth. That's what's meant there by his appearing. And when he comes back to earth, he'll judge all mankind and establish his eternal kingdom. So Paul says, Timothy, you're to preach the word like Jesus is coming back because he is. Timothy, there's an urgency here. You don't have, you don't have time to waste. Preach the word. Eternity is at hand. My friends, you and I don't have time to waste either. Eternity is at hand. Now, it would be one thing if Sunday mornings were simply designed for your personal enrichment. We could come here, we could sing some uplifting songs, we could hear an inspirational message of how you could be better, how you can trust in yourself. How you can do it. Man, we could even enjoy our friendships. We could have fun together. We could even do some service projects and then go on our merry way. However, if eternal destinies are on the line, that should completely change our focus and our priorities as we gather together. If people's lives hang in the balance, we need to do whatever is humanly possible to ensure that people that have yet to hear, that that have not put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ, have the opportunity to be saved and live. And that only happens as we preach and teach the Word. This is why we prioritize it. An author and pastor, Brian Chappell, he wrote a great book on preaching It's called Christ-Centered Preaching. He says it this way. The human efforts of the greatest preachers and teachers are still too weak and sin-tainted to be responsible for others' eternal destinies. And for this reason, God infuses His Word with His own spiritual power. It's not the power of any word that I can share with you. It's not the power of any preacher or minister or Sunday school teacher. It's not the power of their words. 
It's the power of God and His Word, the, the biblical gospel, the good news which all of Scripture predicts, all of Scripture gives witness to, all of Scripture elaborates upon that Jesus Christ gave His life and was raised from the dead to give life to all who believe. That Word alone has the power to save. Not our words, God's Word. And so we remain focused on the primacy of Scripture, not only for the church, for you. It's important that we teach you the Word so that you can experience the life that God wants you to experience and you can know Him more fully. But it's also for those who have yet to hear, who have yet to respond by faith in Christ. And if you're here this morning, or you're watching us online, and you've yet to put your faith and trust in Christ alone. We are glad that you're here. We're glad that you're a part of us. We hope that you find friends and build community within this body. We want you to belong. But you have a greater need than all of those things. At the end of time, your eternity will not be determined by how you lived or how you failed to live. Ultimately, your eternity will be determined by in whom you believed. Did you believe Jesus? Did you trust Jesus in his word that he is who he says he is? And that he's going to accomplish everything that he said he would accomplish? Have you put your faith and trust in Christ alone? Is he the Lord of your life? The question is, Who do you say Jesus is? That question is the tipping point. And if that's you here this morning, make no mistake. Jesus offers himself to you freely. The fact that you're still drawing breath in your lungs is a sign that you can still receive him by faith. The only thing right now in this moment between you and forgiveness of sin, the only thing between you and an unshakable hope and glorious future, the only thing between you and the peace with God is submitting to Christ. Putting your faith and trust in Christ alone. And so we urge you and we will urge you every Sunday. And as we see you in the community. To believe in Jesus. To trust in Christ. And we will proclaim to you the message of the gospel of salvation from the scriptures. Because these are the words that can save. We want you to believe this word. Be saved and experience all the joy of being united with a savior like Jesus. So church, we we prioritize God's word because in it, God is present. We also prioritize it because eternity is at hand. We prioritize it in order to have a present encounter with God right now and to prepare everyone who listens for their final encounter with God at the end of time on this earth. We don't have time to waste. Reason number three. We want to prioritize the Bible because unbiblical teaching 
is appealing. Unbiblical teaching is appealing. Look back with me, verses 3 and 4 of chapter 4 in our text. These are very sobering words. Paul explains to Timothy that his commitment to the Bible must remain intact because of the human disposition towards falsehood. Now, this is very unique because most of the time in the New Testament when it speaks um, about false teaching, the authors of those letters rail against the false teachers themselves. But here, Paul hones in on the human desire for falsehood. He's talking about the listener's of falsehood, not the teachers of it. Look at what he says in verse three of chapter four. For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, but having itching ears. You can see the picture that he's painting here, right? You, you know what it's like to have an itch that needs to be scratched. And so Paul tells Timothy that that people will, in order to scratch that itch, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions. To suit their own passions. Paul understands something about human nature here that I think we can identify with. Because human nature tells us we, we want our wants to be validated. Whatever we desire... We try with all of our might to find a way to justify it. We want to be affirmed with self. Human nature, sin within us, we want to be, we want to be told that what we think and what we do is okay and we don't have to fix anything. I'm okay. I can do what I want to do. I can trust in myself. That's what we want to hear when it comes to human nature. And this is what Paul highlights to Timothy. He says, Timothy, they will accumulate for themselves teachers that suit their own passions. They want to be given what they want to hear, not what they need to hear from God's word. Let that not be said of us. And so we want to prioritize the Bible because the word exposes the false promises of our own desires, which otherwise we would not be able to see. So we prioritize the word because in it, there's something better, something more satisfying than the things that we naturally crave. And by freely and regularly offering us something better in his word, namely himself, God protects us from our own destructive passions. Unbiblical teaching is appealing. And this is why it's important for us as a church to prioritize the Bible. So we've seen that God is present. We've seen that eternity is at hand. And we've seen that unbiblical teaching is appealing the last one I want to give you is this. We prioritize the Bible because you and I, all of us as Christians, are called into a life of word-centered ministry. Each of us are called into word-centered ministry. Now, I understand that this passage is written from an old pastor, Paul, to a younger pastor, Timothy. 
And the emphasis in 2 Timothy, of course, is on pastoral ministry. But the emphasis on word ministry for pastors is there precisely because every single Christian, every single person who has put their faith and trust in Christ is called to be a minister of the word. How silly would it be for us to preach and to teach the word to you with no expectation that any of us would do anything with it? Let's just gather information in here and then walk out and do nothing with it. No, we don't want to be just hearers of the word only. We want to be doers of the word. Look at chapter 4, verse 2. He says, preach the word, Timothy. Be ready in season and out of season. In other words, be ready always. Then he says to reprove, this is to correct wrong behavior, rebuke, correct wrong doctrine, to exhort means to encourage right living and right doctrine. Timothy, do this through the word, through the preaching of the word, and it equips the saints in word ministry. The way Paul describes Timothy's ministry here is used elsewhere in the New Testament. For example, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11. Familiar verses to you. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers to equip the saints. That's us, the church, the body. To equip the saints for the work of the ministry to equip the saints word ministry is not just for the pastor or just for the ministers it's not just for the elders and for the deacons it's all of us for building up the body of christ that's all of us until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the son of god to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we, the body, may no longer be children, tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness in deceitful schemes. Another example is Colossians 3.16. Let the word of Christ dwell in you, the body, the church. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom. How about the words of Jesus himself in the Great Commission? He says, go, therefore, and and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded. We're all to go. We're all to make disciples. And we do that by proclaiming the Word. We're all called to it. You can look back at Second Timothy, our text that we've read earlier, verses 16 and 17 of chapter 3. All scriptures breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, reproof, rebuke, correction, and for training in righteousness. 
that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. So it's the word of God that is the tool and provides the tools that each of us needs for the work that God has called us to. Every single one of us, every Christian is called to encourage with the word. Each of us are called to correct one another in love with the word. Each of us are called to refresh one another with the word. Each of us is called to word center ministry with other believers. But not only that, you and I are all called to word centered ministry to those outside the body. Those that don't know Jesus. We're to bring them to the scriptures. And I want you to see something. We didn't read this verse, but look at verse 15 in chapter 3 of 2 Timothy. He says, and how from childhood you've been acquainted with the sacred writings. And here's what he says about the scriptures. Look at what he says about them. Which, so the sacred readings, are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. So you and I are called to word center ministry with other brothers and sisters in Christ, but we're also called to word center ministry to proclaim the gospel from the scriptures so that people may be wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. So whether we're dealing with Christians or non-Christians, you and I are called into a life of Bible centered ministry. I referred to Brian Chappell earlier in the sermon. He describes it this way. I love this quote. He says, the riches of God's word, the riches of God's word are not, are no one's private treasure. And when we share its wealth, we participate in its highest purposes. My friends, we consistently preach and teach the Bible because this is the primary way that we outfit the church to be the church. And your ministry, my ministry, all of our ministry as believers in Jesus is to share the riches of God's word with everyone we encounter. That's in our homes. That's in our workplace. It's in our schools, in our families, with our friends. We're called into word-centered ministry. Church, you have the words of life right here. You have the words of life, God's word to you. These are his words and you're to treasure them personally. All of it is for you. Treasure God's word personally, but share it generously. Treasure his word personally But share his word generously. There is no sweeter or greater privilege. And this is what we're called to. For Christians and for those that have yet to submit to Christ as Lord. We prioritize the Bible. Here in this church. Because when we open God's word and we spend time in his word, he speaks And when God speaks, he's present. We prioritize the Bible because we know that one day Jesus will return. And we want as many people to hear 
so that the Spirit will work in their life and call them to Himself. Eternity's in hand. There's an urgency. We prioritize the Bible because we know in this culture there's so many false teachings and they're appealing. And we want to prioritize it in, what, in such a way that we know that these are the only words that bring life. These are His words. And we prioritize the Bible because we're called to uplift one another and to share it with others. I want to close by reading a quote. He really captures it really well. John Piper writes this. God's purpose on the earth will advance through Bible-saturated, Christ-exalting, God-centered churches where the gravity and the gladness of eternal worship is awakened and rehearsed each week. Church, my prayer for us is that we would persist as a word-centered church for our joy, for the joy of those who don't yet know Jesus as Savior, and for the joy of receiving our reward on the day when our Savior returns. So let's continue to be unapologetically prioritizing the Word of God. Let's bow our heads. Here in a moment, we're going to sing a song of response. And um, this is a song I actually heard a few years ago at a conference. And I was reminded of it as I was preparing for this message. And as we sing it here in a moment when we stand, um, I want you to sing or maybe you just sit and reflect on those words. The words are, the lyrics are rich. It's a great, great song. They, they talk about how the word should teach us and full obedience and following Christ. It's a great prayer for us as we think about prioritizing the Bible. But before our response time, I want to close by praying a prayer with, from, written by an English reformer, Thomas Cranmer. I want to offer this prayer as our prayer. He wrote this. Blessed Lord, who has caused all Holy Scripture to be written for our learning. Grant that we may hear them, read, mark, learn, and inwardly digest them, that by patience and comfort of your holy word, we may embrace and ever hold fast the blessed hope of everlasting life, which you have given us in our Savior Jesus Christ. In his name we pray. Amen. I want to invite you to stand. I'll be down here at the front. If you need to share anything or you need prayer, maybe you've never confessed and repented of your sin and asked Jesus to save you, I'll be down here. We have other pastors who would love to share with you the the glorious truths of the gospel from God's word. And let's take a moment to just reflect and to ask, God, where where am I in my life not prioritizing your word? Let's be a church. Let's be a church 
that never wavers from God's word. Let's sing together. Are you in a weekly Bible study? If you are not connected with First Baptist Belton in one of our small groups, we'd love to have you. Sunday school classes meet every Sunday morning from 945 to 1045 a.m. And no matter what age or stage of life you're in, we have a place for you. 